did. I mean, it's a good interview, but he. I also feel like Bert is Bert, and he would do things his way. Yeah, that's exactly like, what it was. It yeah. was the strangest. Uh, he's like, I'm going to sit. You're like, can you just move? You're like, he's like, no, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you're getting right Take here. Take it or leave it. And he yeah. was so enthusiastic about giving me his stories and giving me his thoughts. Yeah. And like, it was a great podcast. Yeah. Like, it was yeah, really yeah. fun to do. But it was just very funny because he was like, <laughs> I'm not moving for this whole. <laughs> no, no, you can do you know, you set yeah. it up. I'll like, I'll enthusiastically be here, but I'm not doing shit for this. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so Bert though, man. People don't, I, I'm starting to get to know him better, but he's, he's an interesting guy, but it's just, you have to understand. I think comedy is all about like, you have to understand people at some level. And oh yeah. He's someone who like, he's taken a little bit of time to crack, but I, I feel like I've gotten him a little bit better, but I'm still like very wary when i like talk, talk to, to him. him he's I'm not, like scared but i'm like i i like will say what i need to say and get I, i'm very concise when yeah I talk to him. he's such a he's such a funny guy because he's he's been the nicest guy ever every time i've talked to him yeah mm-hmm. but i mean having been in the business so long he definitely you can feel it when you talk to him there's a line somewhere yeah and you're like yeah. i don't even really want to approach it because no. i'm kind of i'm scared what would well, we're still also it, it's still like an employee employer oh totally. relationship yeah, he's your boss he's your at boss. some level he's hiring, he signs my checks yeah he's, 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 exactly literally he's, he does he's, he's hiring you for a gig <laughs> yeah like yeah i mean him or cindy like then it's the same with her like actually yeah. and i think it's because they just see so many comics who are t- asking for shit and trying to do something you know what i mean and yeah. trying to get something like we had this great podcast and um, my mentor is Tom Rhodes, mm, like the yeah, comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, I don't know why I said that. My, my, my mentor is Tom Rhodes, the yeah. astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Tom Rhodes, the Colossus. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with his work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, so I'm talking to Tom after I do the Burt podcast and Tom was like, oh, shit, I love, I, Burt was on my podcast. He's like, I love Bert. And Tom has a great podcast, by the way. Yeah, I need to check that which out. Which I should plug um, in the show notes. But uh, so Tom, uh, Tom um, was telling me that Bert was on his podcast and he was like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm coming out to Zany's in September. I'm working two weekends at the two locations. He's like, send Bert an email and let him know that I'm your mentor and I, I want you to open for me, which was like super. Not, I was like, yeah. that's fucking amazing, Tom. Like, that's so cool. Thank you so much. Um, so I sent Bert this email. And, uh, and we had just recorded the podcast. So I had the audio for the podcast and I put it together and I sent it to him. And in the same email, I was like, Hey, I wanted to let you know. Also, I was talking with my mentor, Tom Rhodes, and he said to ask you, I already know how the story's going to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So I get no email back from Bert. And then, um, I, and then I, I'm, and he gets a lot of emails. So, um, I ping Tom and I'm like, Hey, I, I, I sent this email to Bert, but it's been like almost a week and I haven't heard back. And I know that that's kind of how that goes. And then he just goes, just send him another email and just have one line and just say, um, hey, just following up on the, bl- the below, Tom asked me to ask you if I could, uh, if you could open for me on the two weekends. And I was like, okay. So then I sent him the email. 30 seconds after I sent it, I get another email from Bert and he just says, have him reach out to me directly. And that's the only thing that it says. <laughs> There's no reference to this podcast. There's no <laughs> reference to how like, hey, it was a great time. Yeah, There's nope. no pleasantries it's, at all. It's, uh, that's how it goes. I... Uh, <laughs> And even with Cindy, that's what you have to understand. I was going to say like that they waited, both of them, very direct because they're just so used to communicating constantly. That oh, all the time. They appreciate candor. Because um, even when I, the first time I met Cindy, I did the Tuesday 10 and I went up to after to get notes and I was like, um, hey, like just wanting to know how it was. She's like, 
She's like, you're very likable on stage. She's like, you did well. She's like, we'll have you back. And I was like, she's like, cool. And then I just left. I was like, I'm not going to, people, yeah. people yeah, yeah. hang around. People like, try to like, talk to them. Get yeah. the information, get the fuck. And then after I started coming back a few more times, then she was like, oh, like she was the one who was like, oh yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. now we can. Yeah. They'll recognize you. Like, yeah. and I know that it's weird because like I've worked Rosemont um, more than I've worked Old Town, but I've also yeah. done Old Town. And, uh, and, and Bert, like when I had the podcast, Bert recognized me. Like he knew who I was yeah, 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 yeah. and he was like, oh yeah, you were very, but it was just like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. And I, I get it. There's just so many people who want my, stuff from them. Like my I, favorite I totally understand. is I was waiting on a, to confirm a host month for later this year at, in Rosemont. And, um, so I was at email Cindy, she told me, I saw her like a couple weeks ago, I was doing Rosemont and she was like, Hey, I'm leaving. So she told me and I was like, Oh, like really sorry to hear that, but like, congratulations and, and all the stuff she was, she was leaving. So I sent her, she's like, yeah, let me know, send me an email so we can confirm this host month. Yeah. So I sent her an email. So she responds and I, in the email, I'm like, Hey, like, thank you so much for the state. I, I said some nice stuff cause she was leaving and I, was, I like meant it. I was like, Hey, this has like been my home club. It's been great. So <laughs> kind of similar to your story. Like I had this big email and then I was like, just confirming the host month. All she responds back with like two weeks later, like you're good in December. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, like no. <laughs> there's like nothing. There's like nothing to like, hey, like you're welcome. It's or, like, just so weird that like you, because <laughs> it, it's almost reminds me of like dating, like because you can have, yeah, like you can meet this chick and like she's really meaningful to you and yeah. like the time that you spend and you with spend her. A, you drop an Iliad in a text, yeah, and then she's just like. <laughs> No, dude, like, I'm not into it. Yeah, you're so sweet. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? I yeah. sent you. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, I've never been like, but it was also, I can't get mad because she did confirm the date, which is what I wanted. But I was also like, we can be like people too. Yeah, like, we can was... be friends. It's okay. <laughs> I guess not though. I, I that's know. probably not. I, yeah, yeah, probably not actually because you work for her. And like... it's weird because I, I like, I book a decent amount of shows. So I feel like it's weird for me too sometimes with like, it's not weird. I don't. I don't find that separation with other comics. Like, there's comics that I like. I know most of the comics who've come up in our class, kind of, because yeah. like you know we've been yeah. around for a little bit. But yep. like to your point about these newer comics, like I'm friendly to everyone, but then it's weird when you're like overly friendly to someone. They're like, so when can I get that spot? And you're like, oh, this is weird. Like, I, yeah, I'm just friendly. Cause we're comics. We're still like comrades, but yeah, I don't know you like. I that. don't know you very well. Yeah, yeah. And it's and just like that weird. happened to me with a couple of comedians with um the house show that I used to do. Um, when that was going on, I would there would be new comics who would like show up and be like, "Yeah, hey man," and like be like all friendly, and yeah, and there's a and it's just so weird because you're like, I kind of know what you want, man, and like you yeah. don't want to ask for it because you don't want to ask because you know I'm gonna say no or it's gonna to make your this face. be awkward. Yeah, 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 it's gonna be weird. And so I don't blame like uh, I as as frustrated as I get sometimes when I like email and ask for shows, which I haven't done at all lately. But when I sometimes email and ask for shows. And I'm like, hey, here are the dates I'm available or whatever. I'll get an email back and they'll be like, please send an email to, you know, and then like, like this show tonight at gmail.com yeah, with yeah, a yeah, clip yeah, yeah, and yeah. with like, and you're like, I start to get it. I get why you're having this process is because yep. it's like, it, no, we do that too. I mean, I don't want anyone to Facebook message. Me. Like I, unless it's um for, cause we have a few shows that we booked that are, we're like, we're like one step removed. So we're not, it's not like by team us comedy. It's like, we're, we're running the show, but we're booking it. We're not like yeah. in the the face of it which yeah. is good because then it gives us a layer of separation so yeah and no one knows like people know who, who've done the show but like people who don't know like oh that venue show yeah so it's great because i don't get hit up for those shows at all yeah that's so <laughs> and i just hide man. in the shadows and then just do spots on my own show when i want <laughs> <laughs> do spots on my own yeah. show uh let me grab you some coffee cool. thank you sir uh by the way this is a madness continues podcast and uh, the guest today vic pandya Oh, we're still running. I was like, is this live? This is. <laughs> yeah, this is a very. I feel like we're 
we did i feel like we are hijacking the comedians in cars getting coffee but instead we both don't have a car or do you have a car you uh, yeah, yeah you do truck. okay you got a truck do you need any cream or no no i'm good that's fine thanks this is uh this is we we keep it live this is audio audio verite uh audio verite <laughs> that sounds very what does verite mean free truth truth uh it, it's kind of a and the t- the way the term is used like cinema verite it's mm-hmm. just like you're just recording what's happening. It's, oh, wait, wait. I know what it means. Because uh, one of my favorite quotes is in vino veritas. Veritas. Yeah. In, wine in wine truth. That's great. That's great. Yeah. The, uh, the motto for... We're about to get so nerdy and lame right here. <laughs> uh, the motto for the Keith clan, which is a Scottish clan that a friend of mine belongs to, is uh, veritas vincit, which means truth conquers. That's so like, intense. Yeah, isn't that, it? <laughs> but also it could be super nerd. Like, it, it could be like really like a very... <laughs> hard tough group of people but also be like a bunch of like mathletes like oh, i could yeah. see it being both yeah and he's like but i mean this guy is six foot six it's massive he was just enormous yeah and like it was just so it's so <laughs> man scottish people are so nuts too like they're just so intense and like i mean i grew up my family's got a whole bunch of family over there and stuff so yeah actually some of the english family's coming to visit soon which will be interesting i should probably sit down and interview them they're, that would be uh, good yeah they're uh i just did this thing on the podcast where i interviewed um my dad he just retired and uh i sat down and i wanted to interview him about his entire career and what did he do he what was it? an environmental engineer okay. at a time from the 1980s to literally last year where like there was a big rise in environmental compliance regulation and he like was involved with a lot of that and worked on the great lakes on like a boat and like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, well, <laughs> you sound so underwhelmed. No, 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 no. Because that's I was great. just thinking, that's I was awesome. like, I was going to say, the reason I saw it, I'm like, he must have been so sad his last like few years when the entire industry just got oh, yeah, just de- get, demolished. Just tanked. Yeah. <laughs> He's so like, all bad. my work, all my 20, 30 years it, of work. Yeah, all this work. All undone. Trying to keep the Great Lakes clean. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad about that job is like, any any like litig- or any policy or anything like that, you're like, I could spend a decade negotiating this great deal all for one person to overturn it or for like just a new administration to come in and just change everything. Yeah, so they're like, just, nah, nah why, we're not going to enforce that oh, anymore. Like, so, yeah, it's so fucking lame. Yeah, it's terrible. And uh, Michelle Wolf like totally nailed it in her press. We were talking about yeah. this earlier, mm-hmm. the press correspondence thing where she's like, I'd like to make jokes about Democrats, but you guys do fucking nothing. <laughs> like, oh my God. And she's like, yeah, you're about to lose in a district to a guy named like... Like like Nazi doctor baby yeah. killer or something. Even I think she even brought up the point like she's like yeah it's a Democrat versus someone who's a child molester. She's like tough race like it's just, just like how the fuck do they lose so there's this great line so from uh, from the newsroom where uh, it's from it's from that like speech at the beginning of the show where he's like if if Democrats are so flipping great then how come they lose so goddamn always <laughs> and you're like man that is so it's accurate. real it's so like, why is that so true. <laughs> I know, and I, I like grew up watching like the Daily Show and stuff, and I, I always like wanted to do comedy, but I, I didn't know if I wanted to be like a political comedian, or, and I realized like after a few years of being, because our generation grew up with yeah. this kind of yeah. constant news cycle, all that stuff, so I just got like most people our age are just tired of it. I'm just yeah. like I'm over it. Yeah, we, we either detach or we get super involved. I feel like there's not there's two speeds. People yeah, and aren't, people like, and people who are super involved, it's like that's their whole personality now. A- Every Facebook status they post, yeah, every, everything everything's controversial, yeah. and they they only like they just speak out a lot, and like no one wants to work with you. It's if you're gonna so be this weird, man. Like, my, I have a friend named Meredith Picard, and she just is so 
so fucking liberal on on Facebook. It's too much. Yeah. And it's just yeah, and I'm I'm sure she does liberal things in her life. You know what I mean? Meaning left wing, whatever, supporting things. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about it on like on social media, particularly where you're like, this is just it's so. And this anything you say that broaches the subject with it doesn't is not complete a hundred percent agreement makes it so awkward because and it's it's something about I think something about just texting something versus speaking like if you're having that dialogue in person it'd probably result in a way healthier discussion oh, yeah. versus like an immediate argument I, maybe I don't know <laughs> I feel like this yeah. is the toilet bowl that our entire generation yeah, is is, is circling is because it's like there's just no. I know there's no fucking dialogue yeah. like and there's no way to talk to people about like so the biggest thing is like there's this guy Jordan Peterson right mm-hmm. and um, by the way I had no plan to talk about any of this <laughs> shit. I wanted to hear about team us and your yeah, awesome yeah. special we'll talk about that later cool, cool. but like um, but this guy named Jordan Peterson have you heard of this guy I've, I've heard of him but I'm not what is he what's he known for he's kind of enormously famous uh, online and he I mean millions upon millions of views of his videos and he's a professor at the University of Toronto in okay. Canada which is kind of like their Harvard and he's a really intelligent psychology professor um, he's a clinical psychologist which he says ad nauseum and part of the reason <laughs> that Part of the, there's been a lot of Latin in this podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say this. People are gonna they're gonna have to do the translation for this yeah. podcast underneath. The uh, he's he he'll say he's a clinical psychologist all the time, which is a little bit of a weird kind of like, okay, why do you gotta you know yeah. um, like say Vic, that? Vic stand-up comedian. Yeah, um, yeah Vic Well, first of all, as a stand-up comedian, <laughs> like, just, from a comedian's perspective, like myself, uh, <laughs> who as as one who has done stand-up comedy, which. Is a uh, would denote I'm a comedian, yeah. which I am. <laughs> like it's just it's so weird. Like he'll say it all the time, but he the, some of the things he talks about make reason rather reasonable points. Some of the other things he talks about make him sound like he's a fucking crazy old man, which he also is. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a crazy old man who also has really good points. And I first he became famous because he refused. There was a. Human right, the Human Rights Rights Council of Ontario passed a law that said that you have to, if you're a um, a uh, I think a a public employee, which a professor is, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to refer to someone as their preferred pronouns. You have to, and if you don't do that, it's actually like a hate crime. Interesting. Yeah, okay. and so he was like, "Nope, I'm gonna refuse to do that." <laughs> and that's the crazy old man. That's the crazy old man part. <laughs> and the thing that bothered him is that he was like, and it's weird because they, people ask him this in these interviews all the time, and it's weird for two reasons. The first is that um, I think it's a reasonable question to ask someone what I'm about to say, but the second is that it's weird that he kind of like doesn't answer it directly. Okay. Until he does, if that makes sense. But people will be like, "Well, so if someone asks you to to refer to them by different pronouns." would you would that be a problem for you and he's kind of like he kind of like doesn't really answer it directly Mm -hmm. a bunch of times and you're like what the fuck is this guy like he's looking acting all shifty and shit but then like his answer is pretty reasonable because he goes like well listen if if someone came to me and was an x y chromosome person and and presented feminine and said i prefer you call me she her He's like, I don't. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I would say she. You, I would refer to that person that way. Yeah. You know. But if a if a guy with a big beard and like a you know big hairy belly and was six foot four and dressed like a you know like a like, like a man like in Carhartt workwear or whatever, and then that person was like, yeah, my pronouns are she and her. He's like, I don't think I would do that. 
and it's weird because you're like, I, I see where you're coming from, but it's also kind of strange the way you're doing this. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's a weird, but he, okay. So he's coming pure from the science. That's what his argument is. Kind of like the, the doctor or professor view is like, he's like, you need to come with like your chromosomes and like, well, all that no, not exactly because he, he has had a number of interviews online with transgendered YouTubers who present like, you know, they're male or female and he'll be happy to refer to them by whatever okay. they, and it's, it's but not an issue. directly. He was, he said that. Yeah. But when he starts like getting, yeah. When people are trying to like, cause I think, I don't know, let me, and I'm getting into the weeds here. Cause the point of me bringing this up wasn't to try to give, you know, talk about him very much. It was only that there was an article that was written about him in the New York times. that was like a takedown piece. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, it just really didn't. And it get, put him in the most unfavorable light. And I, I want to be clear, like the reasons that I kind of like this guy is that he he's putting forward, I think, some rather reasonable questions as to this that that actually pokes towards kind of the heart of this like really progressive agenda, not just in transgenderism, but just in a lot of different mm-hmm. places. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is he was saying like, OK, so if somebody wants to, you know, use preferred pronouns that don't line up at all with their presentation, like is that and then I don't use them. Should we all should I guy go to commit a felony a hate crime for that like if i make a mistake basically yeah 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 that's that's valid yeah okay so then all these people take this guy down in this uh new york times piece um and i read the new york times piece and i think to myself this is i'm so far into the weeds with this goddamn conversation already (laughs) but like i i think of this new york times piece and it's just attacking things about him that are actually not right like as somebody who has seen a lot of his online shit they're attacking parts of this guy's like canon online that and, and in real life that are not that bad. And I think to myself, this guy has way more shit that he does that's like worth talking being, about, talking about, or yeah. being worried about. But of course, the people are going to only want to talk about the stuff that's like that's going to have and have be newsworthy. Yeah, right. You know? And and try to form yeah. you know foment some discussion about it. So anyway, the reason I bring that up is cuz I post that New York Times article on Facebook and I just went this ar- this article is fucking stupid. Like this is really dumb. Um there's plenty of other things to worry about with Jordan Peterson than the things that this stupid article talks about. All of my liberal friends immediately were like, "Fuck you, Brendan. I thought better of you. You are just a misogynist, like race, racist, yep. white supremacist." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" Because I have a problem with the fact yep. that they're criticizing this guy for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, it's no, you, you can't, you can't. It's even so, post. it's insane. Vic. Did you even, did you go back and forth, or you just, you just gave up? Oh, 240 comments later, I just deleted it. Yeah, because it started, it. it started getting into complete absurd, like, yeah. like a uh, fucking. Um, Ken Steele was posting some shit about how he was like, he was like, this is the, this, this, this is the kind of dude, I don't even want to repeat it. Anyway, yeah. it was just, it just was, it was totally. I can see how exhausted you are by just talking about this. You're just like so over it. It went beyond the pale and I went, somebody at work could read this and like totally yeah. get the wrong yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 but it's like, it's just the weirdest thing in the world. Cause like, um, it, it's very bizarre for, for me to try to make a, to go to just try to try to have any kind of what I would think is a, maybe a reasonable point, or if even if it's not reasonable, like there's some point that I'm like, eh, this, and then people are like, you're a fucking white yeah. supremacist <laughs> Nazi misogynist. I feel like I was trying to trying to write a bit about this because it's like you can post anything and someone's gonna be 
It's like it's it, like you when can't, you think, there's nothing you can post that is okay. Is okay. So like you're like, hey, I'm looking for like restaurant recommendations. I'm going to the city, going to New Orleans. Someone's like, <laughs> someone's like, oh, go here, go here. And this other person's like, no, man, fuck you. The place is gross. And it's like you just get this like immediate argument. You're like, I just wanted yeah. to go. I just want to go to New Orleans. Why How do you want to go to New Orleans? Yeah. Do you support the South. I know. It's like what the fuck, man. I, I've taken like my approach with social media is like I never. I mean, you probably see that. I never post statuses. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. Also, the the one downside of that is like as a comedian, people kind of use it to gauge premises. I oh, feel totally. Like. But I'm like, I, that's what I use open mics for now. I yeah. don't even do jokes at open mics much anymore. I just go there and I just throw out 15 premises and yeah, I go write them, what, in, yeah. write them just into see jokes what works, later. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to feel bad about this entire bit. I'll feel bad about the start. <laughs> And then I'll go home and have the the mindset and, and skill set to be like, okay, I can turn this into yeah, something. I yeah, start, I can start start working with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's such a good point, though. Yeah, I you don't post very much on social media. No. I only what? post like shows. I, once a week, I'll post my shows, and then I'll post like other people's stuff. I think I need to get into that habit. Yeah. It's been it's been it's annoying sometimes because I'm like, oh, I could say something really funny right here, but I'm like, but then all I am is an online. You know, like it's. It's like the scene respect versus like actually getting it's shows. It's so real work. though, yeah. And it's a constant dichotomy of like, do you want to be recognized by your peers or do you want to be getting spots? Well, I think that that's, that's been a big shift for me because like I for a while when I was first living in Chicago, I was like, oh, that is how you get shows. Yeah. Is by getting, it's not though. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. It translates into nothing. It, but it's easy to see how it appears that way. Yes. Because you're like, oh, there's like these 10 people who are like doing a lot of stuff and they're posting a lot. But then you're like, I'm looking at these shows and I'm looking at the, the group. I'm like, oh, these people aren't getting on anything. Nobody's getting paid. No one's getting this. paid. They're doing a bunch of independent shows, which is cool. But the people who are making money are like the people working the clubs or people who are, you know, running their own show. Running like, their own show, working yeah. the road. And like, that's those are the people that are like, they're too busy to post, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's the, the place that I'm starting to get to now. And I'm not even doing very many shows that like uh, I've been doing a handful what was crazy is I got back from Edinburgh and had a ton of shows lined up. Yeah, and all and 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 then at the start of the year, all the way through probably May, I had festivals and stuff, and probably once a week a show. And what's weird is like if you do an open mic, maybe two a week and a show, it actually is a lot of time. And yeah, it is you're a doing lot of, you're doing a lot of comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I it's strange because like, but but it, it's almost like. You're so used to doing grinding mics. You don't feel like you're doing. You don't much. feel yeah. like. I was explaining that to someone the other day. It's like I could do 20 minutes at one show. That's five open mics, right? Yeah. But if I don't do five open mics, I feel like I did less than the 20, which yeah. is so it's so it's, weird. It's such a way we come up is like, oh, I gotta be sitting here. I gotta be like signing up like two hours in advance. Yeah, I gotta write. I gotta. But talk now to I, the other comics. I look at everything like time, like exactly like that. I'm like, hey, I want to get on stage two hours this week. I'm doing these three shows and these two things to like get to that or yeah. whatever it may be. Like I'll find it, I'll do it that way. And I feel like I've gotten enough time on stage for a certain week. I tried it. It's still hard for me. I'll be like, I, I didn't go out this night, but I'm like, I did 40 minutes yesterday. Yeah. Like yeah. that's enough. You I'm know? cool. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool. But it's so weird how that works. It's like, it never goes away too. It never goes away. I could believe that. And it's been weird. Me missing, not going up to open mics or getting up on stage as much in the last few weeks. Cause I've been working on just these other projects and like, hopefully that'll start turning out and and it the goal is that it'll enable me later to have more opportunities of course yeah you go to the you know new york television festival the show works out maybe it gets picked up maybe it doesn't get picked up at least it gets seen by a bunch of people it's a credit who i can yeah. talk to yeah all this stuff it like really starts going somewhere suddenly that opens a lot of other doors like i was talking with stephen king uh steve castillo uh, who's mm-hmm. you know snl writer and uh he was just talking about 
how how fast a lot of this can happen. And he's like, you just when that when it starts to when you have a doorway into the world, you can go in really quickly, and then the credibility that you get instantaneously like enables you to do those, to all this other else. stuff. Yeah. Oh, totally true. Yeah, I I could totally see that. No, and it's weird. Um, it's weird how that works because you'll be you can be grinding in like. If you're just a stand-up, you can be grinding in stand-up for a long time. And then, like, if you're doing mics and you're doing a few shows, it can start to build slowly. But it can also, you can get into one club and then suddenly, because you got into that club, this other club's like, oh, oh you shit, can, you yeah, can work we'll, out, you we'll can work too. And now you suddenly double your bookings in, like, a span of two weeks. Yeah. And you're like, this is insane. Like I, But it's a perception. It's like, yep. the clubs don't really know. You may not be ready. You may not have more than 10 minutes. They don't really know. But they don't they know. They have no idea. But they are just basing it off the other person's credibility. It's so <laughs> shitty. It's, it's actually like being a, my day job, uh, you know, which I hopefully will only have knock on wood for a while longer, uh, in the good way. <laughs> not like I'm about to lose like, it. By the way, this is how I quit. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm going to tell you right now. No. <laughs> that'd, be the, that'd be the slowest way to quit. You send your boss a podcast. You're like, get to an hour and 14 because I'm about to lay it down. Yeah. <laughs> get to an hour and 14. Actually, listen to the interview. It's very good. Yeah, it's very intelligent. And then he's like, I really enjoyed the interview. It's like, did you hear the end? He's like, no, I, I stopped listening about stopped 30 listening minutes. Stopped listening about 30 minutes <laughs> in. Like, Fuck, Fuck I quit at 45 minutes. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Uh, uh, that's the way of the future. That's the way of the future. Is people going to be quitting and by fucking dropping diss videos on YouTube? Yeah. Go, put a video on World Star. Yeah. Also mention in there somehow you quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see this epic takedown video? Yeah, yeah. Brennan takes down his day job. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. The uh, it's anyway. The I forget where I was going with this whole thing. Day job thing, whatever. Uh, so I've, I'll, I'll remember it in a second. I wanted to hear. I you you um you were showing me when we did the World Series of Comedy. Yeah. Which was a unique experience. <laughs> uh, it was a unique experience yeah. in the truest sense of the term. And you were showing me your st- the special that you guys did, yeah, the promo we, that you guys did for Team Us and for all that stuff. Yeah, we recorded so Team Us comedy, which is me, Tyler Fowler, Megan Dirty, who's in uh, San Fran right now, but she's moving back at the I think in a few months. Um, we basically recorded a special independently at one of the venues that we run a show at. Yeah. So we independently produced and, and shot it and everything, hired like a film crew, hired an editing crew, had a creative director, had like all the different pieces. Um, basically used the person that did Chris and Toomey special. Yeah. Um, Curtis Matsky, who from Unfurnished Films. So they did a great job and like we worked with them for like probably, it's like a three, four month lead up to the project. Yeah. Of, like workshopping stuff, running material by each other. So last year, Basically, the last half of the year was spent preparing for this special. Hell yeah, man. So it was a really good experience because like, we all were doing, we all were like, let's do 25 each. We'll cut it down to 20 each. Then we'll edit it to an hour. Yep. And we'll have a straight cut. So it's each of us doing 20. And then we'll also have an inner cut. So it's like Tyler does a joke on dating, cuts to Meg doing a joke on dating, cuts to me doing a joke on That's dating. That's pretty cool. And then we can weave in and out depending on how just our material flows. Um, and knowing our each other so well and knowing our personal material well, as well as like, each other's you know it was interesting being working that material and being like hey this should come after that like yeah in the intercut because the intercut is really the the cell is yeah. like how do we sell ourselves as a as a group that can tour with this special that's like three perspectives you know two immigrant perspectives one white guy but <laughs> he's got all this stuff on catholicism yeah yeah and like we have all this stuff on like others like race and so tyler, like, tyler is so white also, yeah though. oh he's the whitest dude ever <laughs> so it's, it's kind of originally the name for the <laughs> 
I wanted to name instead of Team Us. I was like, what about two Indians and an Anglo? But he did not <laughs> did not want that name. <laughs> no, I've seen that video online though. Yeah, it's it. I mean, no, it's, I mean the two Indians. Two Indians and yeah, exactly. Oh, it's my favorite, favorite video on RedTube. <laughs> yeah, there's some inspo for that. But it, um, no, it turned out really great. We just are getting the, we just got the final version. So we're kind of deciding what to do with it. I yeah. think the plan is to either, we'll probably submit it to a bunch of like independent places, like festivals. I don't know if they take that sort of submission, but really the goal is to get it on like a major streaming platform, like a Hulu or a Netflix. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't work out, second step is to use that to, like pitch to clubs, pitch to other places to oh, take totally. the special on the road. Third step would be to release it independently, which we'll probably do um, at the end of the year or a little bit into next year. Yeah, um, we're gonna release the trailer soon and yeah. then, like see how that does because the thought the trailer is trailer was hot, man. Yeah, trailer's really good. We'll we'll get it out, get some social media buzz around it, and then we'll take that and be like, hey, look at how many views this trailer got. Like, you guys should book us. We're yeah. like, doing cool shit. So we'll we'll use that as a marketing tool and then you know push it forward. But it's. It's going to be interesting because I was thinking about, like, shit, if that thing comes out, like, I can't do any of that material. <laughs> no. You know, because that's the rule. I mean, you can, yeah, you can, I, you can and you can, can, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, it's funny because I did that same thing. I did a similar thing. And it's weird because, like, we were talking about it at the show a little bit. Uh, and, like, you were saying, oh, we're going to try to get it here. First of all, it looks gorgeous. And I could totally see it ending up on a, 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 hosted, a hosting platform. But the second is that it's almost like once you have it, it kind of doesn't, like, new opportunities come up from like i would have never gotten edinburgh if i didn't send them yeah, that video that's huge because they needed they need what like a 30 minute clip i'm guessing yeah they're like yeah, yeah the to just the tonic was like uh send us something so, yeah. and so i sent them that and they were like shit yeah all right and then they and that was it and then i got i because i went to edinburgh i met zach tomasovic who's my production partner along with brendan gay for the funny planet yeah mm-hmm. and that would have never happened if i had never met yeah. those guys and uh, none of that shit would have ever happened. And so it's funny because it's like I had no idea that that was even within the realm of possibility. And I'd be never would be going to the New York Television Festival. And you wouldn't know unless you did it. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so, for us, it was a huge thing too. It's like learning. Oh, like there's like so many other people involved in this because stand up is such a singular. Solo yeah, it's just you. So you're just used to like, hey, I go go to mics, prepare material, do well, do poorly, go and adjust, redo this constantly, just yeah. repetition. But other things are like, oh, we have one chance to make this right. You don't have the benefit of like, I can't open mic the special. I can't be like, oh yeah, hey, let's film this one thing like 14 times yeah. and get the joke perfect. I'm like, no, you have, you have. We did two shows same night. And we're like, we have two chances to get this right. Yeah. And the variables that we did were like, hey, let's like quickly regroup after the first show. Be like, how do everyone feel about the order? Like, how do we all went? And then how do we feel about like every joke? Like, like we all cut at least one joke in the second take. Yep. Um, or we redid a joke that we didn't, it didn't do it like the right way or like didn't get the reception we wanted. So, and we also switched the order. So for me, it was funny because I went last on the first one and then it's like, it's like 7.30. The next show starts at 8 or 8.30. So it ends at like 7.45, 8. So we have like 30 minutes to turn the house and yep. also like prepare. So then I went right back up. I went first on the second. So it was like, I was like, I had such a, like a stage high after that, that I like had to drink to like come down. Yeah, because like yeah, you're just buzzing. I was just, it was crazy. I was like, I didn't even feel like I did the second set. Well, the other thing, drinking, I should mention this because, um, uh, the show was actually shot in a brewery in a distillery distillery yeah. so at, me, C- yeah. at ch distillery in the west loop which is like we run a monthly show there and it's it's awesome it's like the this, space is fucking unbelievable it's so cool it's like the tanks are behind you it's like it looks so unique because it's all see like, that's metallic. the thing is like i yeah. i've been trying to do this show at this brewing company in west michigan near my parents place but like i'm to them i'm just some guy like yeah just messaging them and i can send them my special and all this other shit but like 
they kind of don't get it. And I saw your video and I was immediately like, they could do a brewery or distillery tour across the United States just on this video yeah. with how good it looks. Yeah. And that's another, that's another thing we're going to get into is like, look at pitch it to specific venues. Um, and yeah, those brewery shows are weird because sometimes those people don't like either they want, there's two objectives. They want to bring people into their space and bring awareness to their product, or they just like want to do something cool for the community. And it's like, normally if it's the former, it's a lot harder because it's like, it sounds great. You're like, Oh, I can give you this great video, this great photography about your space. But really for us, it's like, we're putting up, we want stage time and we want, yeah. And we, and we want to get paid. Yeah. I want to get paid. So it's like for, for them, you have to kind of see what their underlying goal is. If they're like really just trying to make a fun hangout, then it's going to be a good show. Yeah. Like CH does not, they're uh, an independent distillery the guy who runs it is like a very wealthy individual so he doesn't need like we bring a ton of new people to that space every month yeah so it's just an added plus for them but they yep. don't also need us to be like hey like you gotta like these are the numbers you have to hit like they don't care they're just like yeah hey bring people into our space don't fuck shit well, up and that's it's so weird because when you're trying to start a show or when you're trying to start a, a mic or some kind of like regular thing it is sometimes really difficult to explain that to like business owners yeah, that i'm like listen yeah listen what we what you need to do you one you can't think of this as a cash cow like it's not like we're going to be coming in like a fucking private party every week yeah or yeah. every month but but two if you if if you if you do the littlest bit of promotion to just say this is a fun time and just do that consistently it'll end up becoming a fucking great event for your whole situation and like You'll get people who comics will buy drinks. People come out and buy drinks. Like, yeah, put aside a little bit of money, pay the comedians who do the show, maybe even just a handful or give them some drink tickets. They'll invite people like, but trying to explain this to a business owner for some reason is like, they just don't. Yeah. Some of them get it. And when they do, you get amazing nights like that really take off and like become really stand like camp, like camp. Mm -hmm. That's those two girls have done that. Like, like Sam and, uh, and Tessa have put together something really amazing and it's because they've been able to cultivate this over a period of time i mean and i don't know the inner workings of that that deal or however anything happened but my bet is that they sold it in as a hey you guys have monday it's not the biggest night here at the village tap let's just have the show out back and if you just treat us decently and then there's a handful of local community people who like to support it it suddenly becomes a fucking institution in roscoe village yeah like and I think that like your show is sort of similar and like that space is amazing. That's going to look incredible. If that ends up on like Netflix, Hulu, wherever it ends up, people are going to really, people are going to be like, oh shit, this is that place. Yeah. It's got, it's got, and the cool thing <laughs> is like, it's still, the distillery is getting like a lot more bigger, but it's also still small enough to be like cool. Like yeah. it's like, oh, this is like a unique, like I want to go here cause I don't know what this is, but I want to find out. So it's been nice because what my plan is they just open a huge facility in Pilsen. Yeah. Um, like a distilling purely a distilling production facility. So not like a tasting room or anything like yep. the one in the West Loop is. But I wanna reshoot like the next special in that space, which is like huge. Yeah. Like those are tanks that are like five hundred feet tall. Yeah. They're like, enormous. They're crazy. And that space would be like we'd do it like a theater. Like we do like four hundred people that's fucking amazing so that's like the the two three year plan because also then at that point it's like we all have to come with new sets yeah and like everything so um because i saw the the guy it was burt kreishner um nate bargazzi sal volcano um and cal Kinane do their chicago theaters like tour i don't know if you uh, heard about that no they all did 30 minutes at the chicago theater chris and toomey opened it was it was insane it's like a three-hour show but they all were doing that theater space because individually they couldn't have sold it out. Yeah. But together, but all together, they could have done it. And it was kind of like a very good allegory to team us. It's like individually, we it would have been a lot tougher to do that. We can, couldn't have done it individually. But together, we can like we didn't have an hour individually at the time. Yeah. I don't think we all have an hour now. But 
we knew we had a good 20 each. And yeah. We're like, but even, so this is so fucking comedy. It's like after six months, like now I'm getting, I'm like, I would not do 20% of these jokes. <laughs> like I want to, yeah. I wish I had the new stuff. Yeah, I like, now. yeah, I move on from them. I'm, a, I'm like, I don't do that anymore. Like I don't talk like that. Yeah. It's just like, that's so funny. Sh- but it's like, it's like you go back to your stuff like four months ago. You're like, I can't, I can't believe I did There's that. There's some jokes that it's so <laughs> weird because I've had this, I've had the opposite experience lately also, which has been kind of strange. Yeah. We were talking like, about this. You're finding jokes that you did like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that, I have those that too, was though. actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, a lot of it is like, I go back in my old, old notes and I used to write like just, a lot like a lot of stuff but there was not like one joke was in this like paragraph yeah so the the goal is now is to go back and look at all this old stuff and be like oh there's the funny part yeah. now dump the now, rest now of that it. i have the more experience <laughs> to understand yeah. why the rest of this isn't funny and not need i can it. arrange it yeah in a way that is just this the setup and punch so if i can get 10 tags or 10 jokes from that that's pretty good considering like, that's it's great like, yeah, yeah that's going long. back that's using that previous investment but that's, that's great at the time i was like this is killer <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is so hot i wrote this hot pair. can't wait to drop this at patsy's at yeah. two in the morning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three minutes on stage <laughs> as soon as you get off and then they're like hey did you buy something <laughs> that fuck that mic i love no good and and i am so sad that that mic is so shitty it, you know what's interesting is that when i started like that was the hot mic that was the hot friday oh mic. yeah i remember yeah, yeah. and because there wasn't i mean there's been there's probably like 20 more mic. It, it's crazy how much has, has grown um there's already a lot of mics when like three years ago when i started but there was just like Friday there was like three or four. Yep. And that was the late night mic on Friday. Like that was where everyone went, ended up. But I never I paid once because it was so crowded. It would yeah. be tons of people now. You could kinda of get by and just sit and then no one would bother you. Oh yeah, no way. It was yeah. it was standing room only. And it was insane because that was the first time as a open micer you could get a, a legit reaction. Crowd, yeah. You could actually crowd. yeah, and you could feel the room and would like move around with what you were saying and, and doing. And you would you would get these reactions that kept you going for like another week of terrible mics. Oh that, totally. That between that and the annoyance. Yes, uh, that one's also really good. Oh, yeah. yeah, open mic. Like you would go to that one, and and if if, if it was in halfway full, you could the whole room would explode with such laughter. A t- it's such a tight room that like it's what forty seats maybe, yeah. and it's like so compact, and you're forced to pay attention. Yeah, and th- th- it's so weird too because like that's it. Just the the space is so relevant to how the perception of comedy yeah. is. <laughs> like it just really is. Like yeah. it it's so, and that's why like we were to I I think you and I were talking about the Zany's Old Town like. It's it is a room. It's a room and a stage. That's it. That's it. There's, no, There's no nothing else here. Um, it's great because like that room is one of the few rooms that if it's like thirty people, um, it can be good. Yeah. Like, I feel it like still that, feels tight. It still feels tight. Like I did. I hosted there Monday and it was like 35, 40 people. Mm-hmm. It's great. Like it was. It was still good because they pack everyone in the front and the people feel like they're still. It doesn't. You don't get that awkwardness of like these this 10 foot gap between person like you're you're all packed in so yeah see that's the one the one downside of the laugh factory in chicago yeah. is that it's 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 actually cathedral like like it's cavernous yeah. and if it's very lightly attended people there's only weird. 30 people yeah. it feels fucking weird and people feel weird laughing you gotta have like 50 you gotta have that front section full otherwise people are like i'm, I'm too aware that i'm the only one in here yeah <laughs> and i'm too aware i'm the only one laughing it's also too bright in there compared to zany's is so dark yeah it's dark yeah. and it's straight up and, and it, can you imagine how that club used to be when it was filled with like smoke from people smoking in the club insane. yeah and a bit i mean that that atmosphere that that would have created yeah it's very i mean you if you go to new york and you do any like any of the clubs in greenwich village or anything like that like they're all low ceiling they're like that they're like basements and that is like where you get this like insane but when you do sets in new york you're like oh this is like this is comedy like this is what it feels like but people there are so people in new york are this is the weird thing about chicago and getting outside of it 
by going and doing comedy overseas and by doing comedy in New York and by doing comedy just elsewhere, but especially in New York and overseas. It's like people in Chicago, there's a, there's a, I think there's actually a cultural difference in the perception of comedy here. Mm. Even when you get outside of the city, it, it just, the way people, then the things they laugh at changed pretty oh, dramatically. Yeah. People yeah. in New York audiences are so much more willing to just go along with what you're saying. Yeah. And like, you have to be very aware in Chicago where you're at and who's in the room. Um, I mean, a lot of times if you go to a comedy club, you sometimes have the benefit of the doubt of like, these are still comedy fans. Yep. If people are coming to expect comedy, they're a little, probably more open-minded, a little bit more willing to laugh. Yeah. But the, also you get those people who come and like offended by everything. It's like, well, how would you come to a yeah, comedy show? Here? Yeah. But to your point, like if you're running independent shows, like we run a show, um, in, in Oak park, yeah. which is a very typically affluent suburb. Yeah. Majority. A show I've done. Yeah. And it's, it's completely different audience. Then we run a show in Homewood now, yeah. which is South. And that show also Caucasian primarily, but blue collar. Uh, you can, you can yeah. say whatever the fuck you, you want. want. Yeah, <laughs> nobody gives a shit. And it's interesting because like you can and you can't though. Because like depending on who the headliner is, that's the draw in that area. So yeah, every week it could be it could be a completely urban crowd, completely white crowd, and it's so different. So it's like between those two rooms and then doing shows in the city, it's like you get a completely rounded experience, which yeah, is great yeah, from all this stuff. And you don't have to leave Chicago. I mean, like, like, but that's what's so interesting about going outside of the cities. Like, I it's just the 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 way that the scrutiny that I feel like comedy is under here and it's a very strange environment because like also nobody's getting paid really yeah um there's a ton of there's a ton of competition for stage time uh because there's a lot of people who just want it and want to work and want to get up on stage and nobody is asking to get paid <laughs> the thing is that's why the conversation you had with Bert was really interesting because he's like even charge like a dollar or two dollars to legitimate and I I definitely I mean running shows I've ran um, we ran a show at uh, Seven Bar, which is downtown. Yep. And it was a free show. It was called Bad People Good Comedy. We ran a mic. Yeah, yeah, show. I remember that. And the show, we had uh, two other shows going at the time, and that show every month was like so hit or miss of like audience because we couldn't. There was no way to like guarantee audience because we didn't yeah. charge anything. Yep. So it was tough for us because we would never know until the day of the show was going to be good. Yeah. Um, and we also then got worried about booking people because I don't want to book a great comic and then have them do a shitty room. Yeah. Because then it's like our reputation on the line. Yep. So we became this thing. We're all like, we just kind of like started shunning the show, and we're like, <laughs> all right, we gotta like either stop the show or just hand it off. So we ended up handing it off to like Maya May, who was like, who lives there in yeah. that area. Yeah. And yeah. Was like, hey, I'll like market this and I'll take care of this because. We just were like, we can't do a free show, show anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just dropped. Even like, even the Oak Park show and this Homewood show, there's like a drink minimum where there's like a cover, a $2 cover yeah, yeah. on the table. Yeah. So it's like small little things like that where people are aware that they're paying for entertainment. There's something, there's a psychological, it makes a big psychological yeah. difference. It does. Uh, I mean, and I didn't believe it until I had done it and seen it. Even just like Bert was saying, just a dollar. Yeah. Like charging people real. just a buck makes a difference to go see the show. Because people are like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm paying. And, and so, so funny doing... It, talking about legitimizing stuff, if you do a show at Zany's or Laugh Factory, people come to you after the show and they're like, "Can I take a photo with you? Can I do this?" If you do a bar show, nobody gives no one a gives shit. a fuck about yeah. you. <laughs> they're like, nobody has any idea who you are. You're like you're in a side room of a terrible bar we would never come to, <laughs> like, or you're in the main bar probably, and the the TVs are on. You're in the worst situation possible, but like, no one wants to. It's just so weird how people. It, but it makes sense. Like people just see stuff and they think it adds legitimacy to like, and that's what it is about comedy. Is like. 
I tell people who want to meet with me all the time, like, how do you like get started in comedy, like new comics? I'm like, <laughs> dude, just go do it. And then also just tell people you're doing it. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, it. That's all you have to do, Make man. it till you make it. Yeah, like, there's, I mean, that's what we're all doing. None yeah. of I mean, like... <laughs> no one knows what the fuck they're doing. I, this is such a good... And this is why comedy and getting into it is such a good lesson for life is because like you just... You know, Hemingway has this quote where he says, there's nothing to writing. You just get on the typewriter and bleed. Yeah. And you're like... <laughs> That's it. So that's real. that's what comedy is. <laughs> yeah. Is you just get up and you fucking bomb, man. You just bomb and you suck yeah. and you you just get so much evidence all the time that the things you're saying aren't funny or good and you just keep going. That's why though I feel like it's comedy it's good because you can you have the ability to do that. Like like we were talking about. There's no like there's technically no stakes if you go to an open mic, right? Yeah. Like you yes, it's going to be hurtful to the you personally only, yeah, the only thing that matters is your ego is your ego how, how in love with your current self are you <laughs> that you don't want to hurt your ego my, the, one of my favorite quotes is like you, to be successful you need to be able to sacrifice everything you are for who you will become yep and it's totally true of stand-up because every time you're like you go on stage like when i started i was like i'm this like cool like cocky dude i'm gonna go on stage <laughs> i'm gonna tell this like male perspective would bo- I would alienate half the room because yeah. I would like all the women would hate me. Nobody at the show. would give a shit. No one yeah. get, and the bros would be like the drunk dudes at Patsy's at two in the morning would be like on my side. But then no normal show has those individuals yeah. at the show. <laughs> so I'd do these shows and I'd be like, I thought this was good material. And then like Meg, who's like the other co-producer team us would be like, yeah, you got to like start talking about this thing. I'm like, oh, that's a thing. Like I, I just did, assumed I didn't need to talk it's about so it. so funny. And you get a sense of who you yourself. Oh, you it just, was so weird. And it's it completely switched. It's just, it's, it's amazing to me because it just, it teaches you so much about like the way to just approach life, like about taking things as feedback, not having so much invested in who you are that you can't take some criticism from the audience. And then also like, you just like, how do you run a show? How do you get in? How do you write a joke? How do you get in front of an audience? How do you deal with a heckler? How do you deal with bombing? How do you bomb and then get right back on stage and And do do it again again that same night, maybe more than once? How do you bomb three mics in a row and then get up again the next day and then go <laughs> it's, out again? It's like all that crazy, shit because yeah. like I didn't know how to run like me and Zach and Brendan did this TV show thing. I didn't know how to fucking run this TV show. I don't I've never produced a TV show yeah, which or is directed complete, one. So many different moving pieces. Yeah, and yeah. we just it's like we just went at it and yeah. we were like the whole thing we took at it was like, well, we'll we'll figure it out. And like this is an experiment, and, and like, if you probably weren't a stand-up before doing that, you would have been way more terrified dude, of that. Just premise. terrified, worried yeah. about it, like all this shit. And it's just stand-up just it, teaches, yeah. yeah, stand-up teaches you that you're like, ah, well, I'll do, I, I can only take how much I can take yeah. on stage with me, and that's what I'm gonna do, and yeah. I'm gonna fucking have a good time one way or another. A lot of times too, I've I've noticed like when I used to, obviously this is a very thing when you start comedy, you're like very sticking to your your material, you're sticking to the script, you're afraid to deviate. If a joke bombs, like more experienced comics like you were saying will be like well that didn't work or like you'll, you're oh you get more comfortable making fun of yourself totally but in a way that's not like a jokey way it's like yo that i was not funny there that sucked <laughs> yeah, like that, it's real really blue <laughs> but but other the audience can sense that like being genuine on stage like smiling on stage people instantly are like comfortable like it's so weird watching videos of my sets earlier where i'd just be like I'd have the same delivery and confidence, but I would not have the same emotion on my face. Oh, or like, yeah. I would not like use like a smile as a tag or like a, a look yeah. as a tag. Now I'm like, oh, there's tags that are nonverbal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's movements you can do. And it's like, oh, it's so, there's so many pieces to it. It's so weird. It. It's funny too because um, it's funny you should say that because the World Series of Comedy that we did uh, <laughs> this the extreme, yeah. yeah. Vic and I did not pass on the first. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that is like, <laughs> I was talking to Cindy who, who books like Rosemont and she's just like, She's like, yeah, you know, it's like, a, it's, a, it's an interesting event. She's like, I saw your name on here. I just assumed you would pass. And she's like, but then also you have that. And she's like, 
I don't like I can't I'm not the sole decision maker but I'm also auditioning to work at the club that I already work at yeah it's so weird right it's weird yeah. I'm like I already work here yeah same thing like I'm like I've hosted I've done all kinds of shit at Rosemont Cindy said afterwards told me she was like oh you had a really good she's like you had actually had a really good set and it's the same kind of thing I was only the only reason I was mad at that is I was like I got off stage and I was like I'm fucking passed I'm I'm yeah. going to the next round and that's like, comedy though you think yeah, you, you, you think, think you have, you have it, it and then you don't, don't. And like, but it was so funny. And the reason I bring this up is like, I, you know, I know that I have a stage presence that can sometimes be a lot for audiences. And, uh, it's just weird because if I stand there and I, and I just talk and I deliver it directly to the audience, sometimes they can't, there's too much energy almost. And they, there's, they don't feel, you need to release some of it. Yes. Yes. And so what I have learned is that there's not every punchline, but there's a handful of punchlines I have that I have to turn away from the audience in order to get them to feel like they can like release a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so I did that. And one of those punchlines is where I said, um, I said, uh, so my grandfather told me, it was just as long, I won't do the whole joke, but like basically I was talking to my grandfather and whatever. He gave me some, was giving, giving me a shit time. And the punchline is that he, I was saying I was having a hard time in Europe and he was like, well, I remember the last time I was in Europe and which was in Italy in 1944. And like, so the whole punchline is like, Oh shit. It's like war. It's like, it's serious dramatic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I turned away, the crowd laughs, I got a big laugh, I went back, I turned back to the crowd, started doing the joke. The feedback I got from one of the guys in the World Series of Comedy was like, why are you turning away from the audience? Like, don't ever turn away from the audience. And I was like, there's so many, like you're saying, like yeah. there's so many punchline ways yeah. to move your body on stage. I, I don't, and the dude, the dude gave me feedback too. Cause so what did he tell, what did he well, tell he you? Me, I can't, cause you had a great, I thought I, I was watching you and I'm like, Vic, this is, <laughs> and it was terrible to say this, but I was like, Vic is better than this situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, it was funny. Cause like before I go up, host doesn't do hosting. Then that guy was awful. The three comics, I felt bad for the first three. Like Aaron had a rough time because oh totally because the host didn't do the host. Aaron's job. a great comedian. And, or Aaron is a fantastic comedian, and I know I know him well. But it's like if you're doing five minutes or whatever it was, four minutes, you either need to make a conscious decision if you're early in the set to like do crowd work to get the audience where they need to be. But yeah. that's the host job. Yeah, yeah. Or you just need to plow into your material. And a lot of people like I cold open a lot, yeah. so I have the benefit of like sometimes being able to write that yeah yeah but for for him he just was like doing jokes and i'm like dude you're gonna get screwed off this like it, uh, it no it's all good and i felt bad because it was like those first three comics had a had a rough set because no one did any sort of crowd work or anything so i was like i need to turn this room and then i had to do it and i was like well i'm gonna sit down to draw the audience in and then do and then so the guy's feedback was like he's like why are you sitting down he's like you're better than the audience this is stand-up comedy no he's like you're better than the audience you know that right i'm like dude this is like this is this gets into philosophy and shit too i'm like you're not better than anybody like you're just up here all because you have a microphone doesn't make you any more qualified (laughs) probably less qualified because you thought you were qualified (laughs) if that makes sense there's like some weird you have the ignorance to think you're right and i'm like dude i don't i like i appreciated some of the, the other people gave like one guy had a tag for a joke, but that wasn't like, it's, it's also weird when you get advice when you're doing this for like three years, you kind of like immediately like a little bit on yeah. edge. You're like, like I would take advice from like Cindy or Bert. Yeah. You know, but they also know how to deliver it. They're sure. like, 
hey, that one thing didn't work because of this. Yeah. But not like, why are you sitting down? Or like, why are you turning away from the audience? Like, these are choices that I make because yeah. it's my persona. Hey, I'm the one on fucking stage, man. Yeah. Hey, and also... Hey, how, how come you're turning away from yeah. the bull in the... Uh, in the You're a matador. You can't turn away from the bull. But I even you're told like, him, I was like, he's like, yeah, you had a great set. He's like, but you sat down. And he's like, but you turned the room. I was like, you're just... Turn it, you're saying all the things that went right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're telling me all the things that I did well. I but then that guy went up and did like 10 minutes of racist crowd work at the end of the show, oh which my is God. also weird. You know what's awful about that is that I... I was talking to Jim Flanagan about that. It was really funny. He's uh, like, hey, did that guy go up and do 10 minutes of racist dude, crowd Dude, he... It's so awful because, uh, first of all, that was some of the most awkward moments I've ever spent in that fucking club. <laughs> and the second was um, I... He did that same set, almost this exact same. I crowd bet because it's thing. it's the same. It's not crowd work. It's just insulting certain races. It was what race they are. it was so weird. Yeah, it was weird. And it's like, and what's weird is he's actually kind of a nice guy when you talk to him. Yeah, no, he's great. He's a nice dude. Yeah, but the whole thing was just very. I was like, <laughs> what is going on, man? This but is like. See, that's like to his point about like why are you sitting down. He's like, that's his persona on stage. Is this this like dude who's like cool wearing shorts. On stage, which yeah, didn't, was not a fan of. Yep. that was my feedback for him. Uh, <laughs> hey, why are you wearing shorts hey, on wearing stage? Shorts? But then, but then it totally fit what he did. If that makes sense, like no, he, completely. And like he was, yeah, it was weird. I mean, the thing with that though, I've heard about the World Series comedy is that if you use it for what it's for, um, you can get you can get stuff out of it. You just have to know, like, you can do the main event. That's the thing about all these satellites that they have. It's like, you don't need to do the satellite. You can just go to the main event and still get up. Oh, yeah. And then that's really where the bookers are, the industry are. I oh, mean, totally. You can, if you want to get work at your satellite, there's other ways to do it. Like, oh, Zanies totally. is like, they have their top 10. They have other things. Like, they're not watching. They're, like, Cindy's not going to put anyone besides the no. people she's already she, seen. She already knows all these people. Yeah, she already knows all these people. And the guy who's, like, doing, like, he's, like, dancing after each joke. Like, they're never going to work that, dude. No. Ever? Oh man, Tim, yeah. that was Tim Lucas. Yeah. yeah, I saw Tim Lucas in Fort Wayne at this another satellite event. It's really funny, Vic, because I did the satellite event in Fort Wayne. Which, what? Have you been to Fort Wayne? Did you work the Fort Wayne? Comedy I haven't Club done. At all? I haven't done Fort Wayne at all. It's um because there's uh Fort Wayne has the, has the Fort Wayne Comedy Club, which is actually kind of nice. And like the guy who runs it, really, it's like his baby, and he's really happy with it. Um, so they did the satellite event there. And it was like, <laughs> that guy Tim Lucas did that, all that shit there where he's jumping and... How did that go there? Oh, like, it crushed. And uh, <laughs> That's the thing. Audience likes it. And I, I mean, you can't fault him for that. But you're kind of like, but that's the thing. It's like, you see it and as a booker, you're like, if I'm Cindy, I'm not going to book that no, guy. No. I'm like, I don't, why Why would I, it's like, it also, if you might as well book a circus clown. <laughs> like, if you think about the format, you would book him on a Tuesday on a showcase. Yeah. But think about uh, a typical comedy club, host feature headliner. What what he can't host? Yeah, and if he features, you think he's gonna do that twenty five minutes? A headliner is gonna want to go after that? Yeah. Like, oh my god! If they, I was a headliner, I'd be so mad. They have to think about it from a perspective of what do we do for like our any showcase could yeah. have that because you could bounce back from that weirdness with like just oh yeah totally minutes, whatever. yeah whatever. But you can't do a host feature headliner no format way. with not that, at dude. all. I but mean, hey, like he's got a niche. He's got I, he's got it. He's definitely yeah. got a niche. and and. Uh, I mean, that's what I was. I was telling. I was telling Cindy. I'm like, yeah. If I just went up in there and did like, I just yelled out some like Indian catchphrase after each joke. That could probably kill too. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> and she was laughing. She's like, yeah, you should do that. I was like, no, I can't. I'm so, I'm so mad. Oh man, <laughs> dude. I am. I'm jealous with how much bookings you're getting and shit, man. You're getting I, a lot of cool shit. It's you know what it is. Like I tell people, motivation is like I just don't want to do open mics. <laughs> I just I want to work, and I also it's. It's taking any gig. 
I mean, you can't be above any gig. Like, you know, we're saying like, yeah, Vic's like better than this. It's like, yeah, but it's still the same time. It's five minutes. It's a, it's a spot. Yeah, whatever. You know? yeah. And I got to see Cindy before she left. That was cool. I got like that host mod. Like things happen. Like you said, yeah. you did something. You weren't expecting something to fall out of that. But I was able to touch base with her. I hadn't seen her in a while because I hadn't worked that club in a little bit. I was yeah. working in Old Town. Um, so it was, it was nice to be able to be like, hey, I still went here. I did something out of it. Yeah. Got to see you again. I hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah. 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 Um, you, showed so me like, that, you showed me that thing. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like it's, it's a lot of comedy is just being at the right place on the right time. Um, yeah. It's really just, I think it's sticking in the cut and like, it's kind of, it's a similar kind of thing to, to, I think a lot about actually boxing or like mixed martial arts. I did mixed martial arts yeah. in college and out of college. And it's a similar kind of thing where it's like, there, there would be lots of guys who would come into the gym uh, who would be like, yeah, I'm going to be a fighter. And then they would kind of get their asses handed to them. Yeah. And then like they would leave because they took the, their ego took the hit and it was bad. And then anybody who just hung out long enough and stayed in the cut ended up getting to be but pretty good and, and, and creating great relationships yeah. with people who were around. And it's a similar kind of thing where like if you just hang out in the club long enough, like, and you do this stuff long enough, like, yeah, I mean, and obviously you have to do the, you know, be funny and write the jokes and all that kind of shit too. But it's like if you're just in the cut long enough, like, yeah, oh yeah, people people respect it. People know you. People put up people they know. It's a, how the business is. Tom Rhodes said this to me. He was like, "This is how the business has always worked since burlesque, basically." Yeah. Like it, since, any sort of performance. It's just a weird. There's no um like now how we book too is like I see people all the time. I book them, but there's also I take a lot of recommendations and I take a lot of like oh, this guy I worked with that I like and I know his comedy or his or her comedy sensibilities are like similar to mine or like his standard or her standard is, is also high, then I'm more comfortable to book someone. So it's about people I trust and people like I work with and people who know the rooms that I run to be like, hey, that person would be a good fit for that room. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it actually becomes easier over time. People are like, how do you manage all these fucking bookings and, and, and doing stuff like that? It's like, it becomes easier because you're, you know, the scene. Yeah. You know, you the know, people, you know, the people, like I know if I need to fill a show, like I know I can contact like people. I know if you need to a headline for Mary's last minute, I'm like, I can contact these six people Yeah, yeah. and I know they're d- able to deliver a strong 15 and yeah. like, I'm not worried about them being like crazy blue or something like, you know, just yeah, different. Yeah. Or blow out the room blow or out the room make, and, yeah, and, do and, anything. But that is stuff that you have to just do it for a long time to get. Well, this is why this thing, like just to get back to your, the special that you created, this is why this thing is so cool is because it's like, it's not really about this one, although this is cool and this will be great. It's like the next one or the yeah. next mm-hmm. two or the one that you do three or four from now is like, you know, in five years, you're going to have some other thing that you're going to put out and that's going to be the that's really the fucking and this was, big one. And this is like, we learned so much about like producing, like, vid- like editing, all that stuff that we hadn't, again, hadn't done before. Yeah. It's like producing a show for the first time. You just, there's so many moving pieces yeah. to make a good show. And the thing with the special too is like, a lot of it is like packaging, like how we send that to like we we did a tour in New York in May, New York and DC. We we probably got up like fifteen or twenty times in like ten days. Like it was Damn. a lot. We had a lot of spots, and the reason we had it is because we sent out this special link. We're like, hey, we're three comics from Chicago. We produced a special. We're all club regulars. We had like our credit top two credits, our names, our links. Like it was very cleanly laid out, and we also were like we filmed the special at the beginning of the year. Here's a link to it. We'd love to do like some time on your show, and yeah. we because of that, just that like professional packaging oh, people yeah. were like they watch like a minute of it they're like hey these people are legit they know what they're doing just like showing that is a huge thing and people will again it's perception people will book you based off of like what they think you can deliver oh, totally <laughs> totally 
And it's like, well, because they're comparing that to like the people around them who haven't done any of that shit. No, and they're like, yeah, you just do your your four minutes at this mic, but like you're not doing other shit. And a oh, lot yeah. of times it's like it's hard as a comedian because we were talking about it's like you don't feel like you're working if you're not miking every night or whatever it may be. Yep. But if you're doing other, you're producing something or yeah. pr- putting in time into work, it's like you can create an institution. Like you can create something totally. that's lasting. I mean, hopefully that's what's going on with this show that we're working on for the New York Television Festival because that Funny Planet like pr- trailer alone. Dude, that was great. It's it looked hot, awesome. It's hot, it looks so good. And I mean, it's also cool because you're like, you're on like glaciers and shit. Like yeah. it's fucking cool. Like, yeah. People are like, what is this? this and, is- yeah, and then we're on stage and yeah, then it's like, great. and we're like, it, it's so funny because just sending that to some people recently, had they've been like, holy shit. Yeah, like, it's different. It's also completely different. Like what else is, yeah, is out what there other now? Because that's the thing that you get is the subtext of that is so powerful where you're like, what other comedians have produced something like this? Yeah. And then the Funny Planet thing is too, is like you send it out to people and it'll be like, what other comedians have come into your club who have worked Iceland or have whatever? Yeah. Like it's, there's, I don't know. There's just a lot there. I actually uh, should, we should wrap this up. Cool. Um, what time is it? 10? 10... 10.30, yeah. man. It's, uh, it's so early. This is yeah. the earliest comedian meeting of all time yeah we're about an hour <laughs> in man but uh cool. where can people get at you vic um so you can find me at uh, vp comedy on instagram and facebook that's like a show schedule all that stuff um check out teamuscomedy.com for all the shows we run um and uh yeah i'll be i think i'll be what am i doing this week this week saturday i don't know when this when's it gonna come out uh i'll put this out on tuesday the okay. uh, 10th so the most relevant thing for then is uh, check out Laugh Near Minimalist Furniture on July 20th, which is a BYOB show downtown. Cool. Yeah, let's do And when you guys release the special, we'll get you and Tyler and Megan in here. Yeah. And then we'll sure. sit down and do the whole thing. No, that'll be great. We, um, she, and like I said, she's moving back, so we'll we'll definitely need to... Because it's I, been me and Tyler. I actually have enough equipment to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to double up. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It'll be really fun. I'd love to hear about just talk you guys through the whole thing would be really cool. Yeah. So, awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me in the uh, in the home gym. <laughs> this sounds weird. Now we sound like we're like lifting together and uh, doing the podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, meanwhile, the madness continues. <laughs>